When I say the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. But there was something extremely different there. And, and the people got it. We don't really get it because we've always had that right here in, you know, in Matthew chapter 3 or 4 or 5, whatever. Okay? But, we've, uh, but the people were just blown away because they said, this man is not like the rest of these guys. This man speaks with authority. And it wasn't, the, not only, the, it wasn't only the authority, it was the content. The content went straight to the heart of God. And do you know, do you understand that the laws that you read about in the, in, in the Old Testament stuff really represented who God was? Really represented who God was. And so, uh, you know, and as, he, as he wrapped up these, the Sermon on the Mount, he began to teach, and, and the form of his teaching uh, was this. He says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And, and essentially what he was saying is, here's the common thought right now, but let me, let me explain to you what it always, uh, what, what it meant from the beginning. You understand that? So, uh, uh, in fact, in fact, remember the, remember the passage of scripture uh, where Jesus was talking about marriage and divorce and, and how things had transpired and, he, and, and they said, well, and Jesus finally came to them and said, look, Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. But he says it was never always supposed to be that way. From the beginning, God had said uh, uh, that he would make two people and they would become one flesh. That was God's intention. But because of the hardness of your heart, there were things that were allowed. And so we find that there were, there were things that took place in, in the twisting of Scripture. You see, that's, that's, that, I love that. that that's, a, that's a really interesting um, graphic that, that Lisa developed for that. Kind of almost scary looking. But, but yeah, so was, and you're thinking, well, that kind of like, it's like Tim Burton-ish, you know. Uh, and so, but, uh, but. And, and we've gone through a, 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 a group of teachings, and today I, I, we kind of wrap up this twisted uh, series with a message on love. Okay, how does love get twisted? Well, it has been, it has been, and 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 here we go, Matthew five, and verses forty three, uh, and following. Jesus said this. He said, "You've heard it said, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For, I say, uh, for if you love those who love you, what reward of you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your, bro- only your brothers, what more are you doing for others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that's, that's, a tall, that's a tall glass. That's a pretty high bar, isn't it? But I want you to know, by the power of God, by the power of His Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, these things can be so in your life. But you have to choose. You have to choose. This, herein is the heart of God. He said, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. 
Now, if you go to Leviticus, the 19th chapter, I'm not going to ask you to do that. You can find this, Leviticus 19, and in, and, and in Exodus uh, 23, you'll find some things that, that address this very, very, uh, this very, this very subject. Now, in Leviticus 19 and in Exodus 23, the truth is, is that God extends through his people love to the foreigners. You know, you ever get the idea as you're reading through the, the New Testament that the Jews really didn't like anybody else? Do you understand? And, and, and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, even Jesus used terminology like, it's not right to give the food that's meant for the children to dogs. Yeah? You know, so, uh, I mean, this whole thing of hating everybody else and just take it and, and kind of like we're allowed to love, our, love ourselves, okay? But we're going to hate everybody else. May, even the Romans. You remember the Romans? They, they conquered the known world. They were, they were brutal. Brutal. I remember, I remember an old movie. I mean, if, if you know history, I mean, this, this was probably, this is, a, this, is, this is not Bible, but it represents the Roman mentality. And they were, and you have to, I can't remember the actor's name, but they were down there, they were, they were approaching Masada. The zealots were up on top. And, and, uh, and, and there was some back and forth between a Jewish guy and the, and the Roman general. And the Roman general says, look, give us our due. We know how to kill Jews. That was the, that was the Roman mentality. Yet the Romans... Romans came to the place where they, the, the way they described the Jews, those are the people who hate everybody in the world. Interesting. Interesting. You have heard it said, he says, you shall love, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But in Leviticus, we find the scripture that's referring there doesn't talk about hating enemies. It talks about loving your neighbor. and He says, you are strangers in a strange land. Don't treat people the way that you were treated. You'll find that in Leviticus. This is part of the law. He said in, in Exodus, the 20, I believe it's the 23rd chapter, he says, look, if, if you find someone who hates you and you, you encounter their, their donkey or their ox has fallen, you know, as, they're, they're lost, return it to him. If it's fallen into a hole, pull it out. This is someone who hates you. This is how you treat people. Now, so, so how did it get to the place where Jesus is saying, you've heard it said, you love your, your neighbors and hate your enemies? That was a twist that happened within Israel at the time. They twisted God's words. And now, now, who did that? The Essenes. You say, the what, pastor? The Essenes. It was a hyper-Orthodox pharisaical group that lived in the Qumran community that was outside of Jerusalem, is in the desert. Most of you have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? When the Romans came, it was, it was from this community, this, this, you might say, the ascetic community, this hyper-Orthodox community that these, these, these Dead Sea Scrolls, these scrolls, this library was squirreled away in, in pots and, and hidden into caves when the Romans came in 70 AD to take everybody out, okay? That's just for those of you who like the history and the background stuff, okay? The Essenes, and they were current at this day and time. And this whole idea of 
you can love your, uh, love your, your neighbors but hate your enemies. That was never God's rule. That was a twisted version. Yeah? See, don't you understand that we sometimes twist God's words to suit ourselves, to suit our... We, we want to make God into our own image. We don't have a hard time hating people, do we? We don't have a hard time hating people, and it's usually people that are not quite like us. Okay? I mean, I have a... I have a it, it's easy for me to, 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 to love... Kind of easy for me to love... Uh, people that look like, you know, like they're from Northern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like that, aren't we? Or that they have the same values that we do. Go to the same church sometimes, okay? Go to the same church, uh, you know, or part of the same clubs. Have the same socioeconomic values, have the same educational values. We find those people easier to love. We, we find it easier to love people who give to us, right? Yeah? The people that, who are in our lives that, that give to us. My brother, my sister, uh, someone who, from whom I receive and give. It's easier to love those people, isn't it? It's just the way we are. God's asking us to be something different. Now, Jesus is confronting the, the you know, it's amazing how uh, in, in, in an environment, how things become the Word of God, right? How, you might say, uh, the, the local teachings become the Word of God, even though... And how many times did, did Jesus say, well, you've heard it said, but I say to you, and again, what he's doing is he's resetting and said, no, what you have believed and somehow how this has become truth in this community is wrong, You've twisted God's word so you can do what you want. To justify how you live and to justify your own values. Yeah. The truth is, is God wants us to love people. God wants us to love people. Interesting here. Now, uh, I'm going to get into some of these other, other parts of the passage, but really, uh, ultimately, we're going we're gonna to get to the place where... where we're, 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 where we recognize that what God wants to do is make us like him. Huh? Have you heard that before? That Jesus wants, us to make, wants to make us like him? That we are created in his image? And so <laughs> kind of, we're like returning home? That God wants us, he wants to restore his image in us? But he can't do it without you? You know, he can't just like, you know, sometimes we pray for people. God, and you say, Pastor, pray that I'll quit doing dope. Pastor, pray that I'll quit, uh, you know, uh, you know any, any manner of things. Quit gambling. Uh, pray, you know, and God's saying, well, all right, here it is. I can pray for you all day long, but the truth is you've got to decide. And, and the same is true with me. I'm not saying that the prayer doesn't, uh, doesn't kick up the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life and pressure, but there comes a time when I have to decide what to do. When he convicts me of some, uh, some uh, area of my life, he's asking me to step into action. He's asking me to make a decision. 
on any given Sunday, he will press you, press me, and, and he'll say, say, look, come and repent. It's, it, you're the one that has to get up and come down and, and pray and repent. Yeah? So, so the Holy Spirit, God doesn't make us do anything, but here is, his, here is his heart. He says, you shall love your neighbors. Now, uh, the, uh, could I say that love is something that we do intentionally? Now, did you catch that? I want you to hear me. Love is something that we do intentionally. Okay? Infatuation is something different. Anybody ever been infatuated? I have. I was, when I was 14, I was in love with every girl I met. They were all beautiful. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the truth is, though, infatuation is, is something different. It's not love, okay? We, we confuse it with love, don't we? So, in, in, as, as, when we're children, you, you remember the terminology. Some of you remember the terminology, puppy love, right? Okay? Infatuation is something different. And the truth is, it's based, infatuation is based upon the personal need and the, is, is based upon personal need and the attraction associated with that need. Essentially, infatuation is self-centered. It's about me and what I want and what I like. So infatuation, even though it's, it's, it's a related emotion, it's self-centered. It's different. It's not love. Not the love that God is telling us, that, that God speaks up here. Infatuation kind of comes today and goes tomorrow. I, at that same time, when I was 14 and in love with all the girls, I mean, the rings just flew back and forth. This week I was with this one, that week I was with that one, and then the next week I'm back with this one, right? Remember that? Those days it was nuts. That's love. That was love, though, right? That was love. That was love. Okay. It's infatuation. And teachers, and and everybody goes through those kind of things. Nothing wrong with infatuation. But essentially, infatuation's all about us. It's self-centered. Love's not self-centered. Not really. And not the love that God talks about. Not the love he's driving us to. Lust is something different also. And that's also something that's associated with the base appetites and that's self-centered too. It's about me and satisfying some appetite, some need that I have. Okay? That's simply it. I mean, and that's not a, that's not a particularly high, uh, uh, high and noble appetite. I mean, dogs even have it. But the world calls it love. Huh? I would hope to think that, 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 that this high and noble thing that I call love rises above that which my canine also experiences. <laughs> Seriously, folks. But that's what the world sells as love. Just watch MTV. I've never heard of twerking. I don't want to see it anymore. That's love. All of those things, that's what the world sells. And you know what? The world will sell you something that will destroy you. And if that's your concept, if that's your sole concept of love, then it's not there. 
It's all self-centered. It's all about me. It's all about what I need and want in a very, very base kind of way. And God will lead us and wants us to be something else. God wants us to be like him. Can, I, can, I, can we talk about that? It says, love your enemies. You know, who are they? And what does this whole thing look like? What does this love look like that the pastor's talking about? Oh, he's just, he's an old man and he's religious. Okay? No, no, no. Okay. Inside of me is that 14-year-old. Okay? You, can, you may not be able to see it, but it's there. Okay? Okay? It's like, okay? Right. Okay? And, and, you know, and, and, and most of these folks with, with, with hair that looks like mine will tell you the same thing. Inside. But God needs to teach you something. He needs to teach us as believers something different than lust, different than infatuation, different than what the world calls, sells as love, okay? What does this love look like? And I say it's intentional. It's something that we intentionally do, yeah? Yeah, some some of us are like leaves, Leaves, I mean, right now they're blowing everywhere, right? I mean, they're, they're turning beautiful and everything, but, but a leaf on, uh, in the gutter goes wherever the water goes. You know, you don't need to live that way. Because ultimately, that water goes down the drain and ends up in a landfill. And that's how, gra- that's how moral gravity works. You go by what you, what you feel, what you want. You're like the leaf that's, that's being blown here and blown there. No rudder, no engine, no personal direction, no desire. You decide what your life will be like and pursue that in Christ Jesus. You decide. You decide. It's intentional. You can be intentional about life. I know so many people, who's, and, and they, they blame it on God. Whatever God wills, you know, whatever God wills. And, and really what's going on is they're just kind of like, they're rudderless, and they're powerless, and they're blaming it on God and saying, I'm in his will. It's wrong. Pastor, you're meddling, right? <laughs> and I can't think of a better place or a better, better uh, you might say, a better subject to touch on this than the subject of love and what God wants for us. He says, what are they, uh, love your enemies, he, he says. Who are they and what, do they, what does it look like? Okay, let's talk about what love looks like in God's... God's in 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, I, I know there's, there's contextual stuff there, but here we have basically a solid definition of what love is or what, what it's not. He says, love's patient. You patient with your, with your husband? You patient with your wife? If you're not, it's not love. Love's patient. You can be intentionally patient unless you're out of control. Sometimes I, want, I look in people's eyes and say, who's really in there? Are you, are you directing traffic or is there something else going on here? Have you lost control? Is somebody else running this thing? Makes me, makes me think of the Transformers or somebody up there, you know, or, or, or what they call the, 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 the little Japanese uh, animatronic things. There's a little bean up there, you know. It's like, are you in there? Are you controlling? Are you calling the shots? God says you should be. We can be intentional about loving. It says love is patience. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. 
Love does not act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. That's a biggie. That's huge because there's a part of us that wants it for us and right now. See, God's, God's, God's into the transforming business. God wants us to make us something other than what we are. But we hold desperately to the things that will destroy us. The animalistic urges that are somehow uh, associated with the baser things of humanity. We hold on to those things. Because in, at some stretch, in some form, they offer some sense of satisfaction. But it's a dirty satisfaction. It's a satisfaction that ultimately leads to death. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. does not brag. And it's not arrogant. does not act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. In other translations, would not easily provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. And when you get into an argument with your, 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 your best other, do you have a list that you pull out and begin to recite like it's the alphabets? You know? I mean, uh, I, I used to tell in, when, I was, when I was counseling young, young sailors and marines, and I guess it, it, it goes here too, it's like, uh, we gunny sack. You know what I mean by that? A gunny sack? You do something to me, I, I may not say anything about it, but I put it in a bag. I'm carrying it with me. Okay? Something else comes up, goes in the bag. Something else comes up, goes in the bag. And then there's those, you know, the bag gets really full and heavy. Really full and emotionally heavy. And then something maybe unrelated, my toast didn't get buttered the way I wanted it to. And out comes the bag! I dump everything on the breakfast table in the morning and it just becomes something that's just crazy and wild. And I've got the list and I'll go down it and I'll recount it. It's like 20 years later, I'm still recounting when you did this or when you did that. Love doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. Now, you might say, wow, pastor, you're asking us to be saints. <laughs> Not me. I didn't write this. But I'm with it. I'm, I'm here. And I'm not saying that I don't make these mistakes. Okay? I'm telling you what God wants. It does not take in, love does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. You know? Unru- unrighteousness. In other words, man, they got theirs. <laughs> they got theirs, right? That's hard not to do when you've been hurt. And, and even when it's the right thing, it's like, it's like uh, uh, God, God says in his word, he says, uh, be not be deceived. That, that, the things that you sow, you're going to reap them. Yeah? The thing, I mean, you know, we plant seeds in life, right? We make decisions. We decide not to go to school. So we end up, uh, uh, we end up in, uh, in, a, in a job category that we're unhappy with. We decide uh, uh, to, to, to marry that man or that woman that doesn't know God. And then we reap those, uh, you know, down through the, you know, over and over and over. We reap what we sow. 
And we can say, okay, you know, we can say, okay, uh, when we see that happening, I knew it was going to happen. Ha, 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 Does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Love. Now, is this love? This is love. It bears all things. Patient, power, patience. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know? I don't know about you, but I don't come up to this. You know? I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I don't come up with this. Sometimes I lose my patience. Driving down a road, you know, and there's people parking on both sides. Guys coming up the other side. I'm thinking, man, dude, give me some room. <laughs> So I'm not there yet, okay? I get it, though. I get it, though. I understand. Yeah. Some of us don't get it, think it's, it's okay to do that kind of stuff. And so on and so forth and so on. That's what love is, though. Okay. Now, the twisted thing was what, what, what the Jews did to the love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's, not, that's not, simply not right. Jesus is saying this. Let me go back to the passage here. And we'll just kind of unpack this. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Okay? We already debunked that. That's, that's, that, that was a twisted thing that the Jews did to the Scriptures. For, for whatever reason. Kind of like last week, uh, they wanted to be able to, they wanted to do litigation. They wanted to be able to sue each other uh, on the basis of, uh, uh, get reciprocity on the basis of insults. Uh, that's, that's, if, if that, that, that's connected to the passage. For those of you who weren't there, um, that, that's what the passage meant when it says, if, you, if, if someone slaps you on the right cheeks, offer him the left. It wasn't talking about defense. This was talking about uh, a, a, an existing, uh, an existing uh, debate that was going on among the legal people in Israel at the time. It says, uh, and, and to where they, they wanted to invoke the laws of reciprocity uh, even on insults, so they could make money. That's what that was about. But here we have, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love, hate your enemy? I recognize that the Jews were in a, in a, in a tight spot with the Romans. But we're going to change God's law so that it somehow justifies uh, 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 fighting and hating and poisoning our own souls. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's tough stuff. How do you do that? First of all, you've got to decide it's God's will. Remember here, remember here, what are, what's, what's the ultimate end here? God, here's the ultimate end. God wants you to be like him. What does he say he, what does the scripture say he's like? He causes the rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. He feeds people who hates him who doesn't care anything about him, that's God. He loves you when you don't love him back. He provides for you when you wouldn't care a, a, a whit about whether God exists or not. And he keeps giving and providing and loving, and he forgives again and again and again and again. Seventy times seventy is what Jesus said to, I mean, it, Peter was saying, well, well, he was getting it. He was starting to say, Wait a second, you know, what is this? How, how 
how much do I need to forgive? How, much, how loving do I need to be? He says, seven times seven. Just keep right on doing. And what was he saying? He was saying, I understand that's probably beyond you in your present state of mind. But God wants to make you like him. Make me like God. Man, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. And for some of you, I'm thinking, that's a stretch. I'm teasing, okay? He said, Pastor, be nice. You're judging. You're ju- <laughs> and I'm just trying not to lock eyes with anybody, right? <laughs> but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, and here it is, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, now let, me, let me just get into the how-tos here, just a how-to. When someone really, or, you know, I, I asked you, why is it so hard? I asked earlier, why is it so hard to love that one? Okay. And that may be a brother, that may be a sister, that may be somebody in your life. Maybe you're just, you know, you're on the social networks and you're just fanning the fire of hate, man. You really are, okay? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that there's a lot to hate. And, and sometimes we get, we, get, we get confused between hating the actions and the lifestyles. And, and we get that confused with hating the people. Do you think that God loves uh, homosexuality? No. You think he loves the people who are, who are trapped in that? Yes. Do you think God uh, loves, uh, uh, loves thievery? No. Do you think he loves the per- person who is a thief? Yeah. Do you think that, that God loves uh, 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 adultery? No. Do you think he loves the person who's trapped in adultery? Who's made some mistakes and, and, and found them? Absolutely, he does. We get this thing confused. God's calling us to love our enemies, even the people who persecute us, who, would, who care less about, about... Now, does that mean that we're going to invite them to our birthday party? Maybe, I don't know. He said, he said in his Exodus, see, he hasn't changed. This is Exodus, he says. If you, find some, if, if you have a neighbor or somebody who hates you and you find their property in a bad way, their ox or their donkey, you know, it's like having a tractor back then, but they were an animal. If you find them lost, return them. If you find them in a, in a hole, help them out. You're not to return evil for evil. See, this is, this is not new stuff. This is not new, new Testament stuff. Jesus is just resetting the curve and, 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 and putting us back in the place where he wants us to be. And how do, you, how do I love the people who I find detestable? How do I love them? Intentionally. If, I'm gonna, if I have to wait until I feel right, I'll never feel right. Because I don't feel loving toward certain people. I just don't. That's why I said, let's, get, let's move this whole infatuation, the emotions out of the picture. I'm going to make a decision to love somebody. And how do I love I act lovingly toward them. That's how you love people. You've got a crabby... I, I remember one lady. This is a, really a minor thing. She, she was really hard. I had to work with her. 
and, and I couldn't get anything across her desk. She just, I don't know what her deal was. I could have hated her because I could have just hated her. I could have, I could have, I could have devised ways to make her life miserable. I could have done that. Yeah? I, can, I can be wily. I can devise things. I mean, I know how to fight. I know how to fight underhanded. I worked for the government for 24 years. I know how to do that. Okay? You get it. You understand. There's a, there's a, there's a hundred ways to, to kind of slip in and, 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 and make life difficult for other people and nobody even knows you were there. And, 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 and quite frankly, when you're angry, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to respond that way. But God has called us to be something else and something different. He has called us to be like him. Who sends the rain on the just and the unjust? Who loves the, the person who is trapped in sin and doesn't want out? Who loves the person who has abused other people? Doesn't love the abuse. Hates the abuse, but loves the people. What I did, I found I, I started plowing with her friends. You know what I mean by plowing with her friends? Talking to them. Say, okay. What's this lady like? Oh, she loves Skittles. Weird, right? I, I mean, I, I just, it, that was inexpensive. So I went out and bought this huge bag of Skittles. And I covered her desk <laughs> with Skittles. Okay? Now it was kind of, it's, it's Pastor Blair's tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff. But, you know, I do things like that. But, again, what was I, what was I trying to do? Let's have it. Let's, you know, let's sit down and smoke the peace pipe, so to speak. You know? That kind of a thing, okay? And, and before you know it, things were going well. Things were going well. Well, I mean, that was, that was a minor thing, and a minor example, but there are people in your life that don't care. And, 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 and if you give them an opportunity, they will destroy you. This passage doesn't say that you should let them back in, but that you should love them. Okay? This passage doesn't say that you should let them do again what they did before. That's not what this, that's not what loving is. Love them. Provide for them. What's the passage say? If somebody asks you for something, uh, if you've got it, give. I don't loan money anymore. I, you know, I, I give it away if I, if I have it to give. Don't loan it. If I have it to give, I give it. If somebody's in need, have it to give, I give it. I don't loan it. I don't want that person to be a slave to me. It's about giving. It's about loving. It's about, about being intentional. Yeah, does this stretch us? This stretches us because we can't get there by ourselves. It's one of those things where we have to say, God, <laughs> you know, we have to simply make ourselves available to God to say yes to him. The person who is abusive to me, I'm going to love him. I'm going to love them. I, I'll tell you what, my first response is not to love them. My first response is, in the name of Jesus. You know, but, but that's not God's purpose. That's God's plan for me. He wants me to be better. He wants me to be more than the best Bill Blair I can be. You know, the best Bill Blair I can be is not what God's wanting. He's wanting me to love people. And he's wanting you to love people. He's wanting to, and, and he says, look, and, and he follows it up this way. He says, 
If you love those who love you, everybody does that. That's easy. What I'm calling you to to do is the impossible in humanity. To love people who, not only the people who love you, but love love even the people who are your enemies and hate you. I think I was reading, I'll finish with this. Um, Corey Tim Boom, kind of a name from the past. And I, don't even, I don't even think Corey Tim Boom is even alive, is she? Yeah. Well, she, was, uh, she, was lived, she lived in a, as a Nazi prisoner camp, you know, in, in World War II. And so um, she preached and taught grace. It came to a place in her life where she was able to embrace and pray for and spend time with Nazi, ex, uh, ex-Nazi prisoner guards who had done horrific things. It's not because she was a sweet old lady, okay? I mean, when I mean, you see this little lady, you say, oh, the grandmotherly type. Don't grandma, nanas love everybody? No, no. She had suffered and her friends had suffered and her family had suffered at the hands of this brutal, brutal thing. This takes God. This takes laying yourself down and say, God, you have, you have first loved me. Make me what I need to be. I'm not a loving person. I can come off as a pretty nice person, but I, I don't love like that. In fact, God, in my present state, that kind of loving is beyond me. I need you to love. I know what I need to do. I need to submit to you. But you need to put that in me. And I need to be intentional. I don't know. Stand with me, if you will. I think you take baby steps, okay? You know what I mean by baby steps? Baby steps is there's somebody in your life that that you, (laughs) could I say that you hate? There's some people, there's somebody in your life who hates you. You may have never have done anything to them, but they hate you. And that's probably not going to change. But God's calling you to love them. I want you to think of that person. If there's a person like that in your life, and I want you to begin to love them, the best thing you could do to love them today is I want you to pray God's very best in their life. You don't have to feel it. You don't, you're not going to feel this, okay? You're not going to feel like doing this. This is not about feelings. This is about obedience to the one who loves you and gave himself for you. So I want you to, to think of that person. And I want you to, and, and there's no payback here except God's, what God gives. I'm praying for that person the very, very best that God would have. For them. Yeah? Is that biblical? Have I preached to you a biblical sermon? Have I told you what God wants? Will you say, yes, God, I will do this? I will allow you to make me like you, as strange and as weird as that is in the world. The enemy was working against me this morning because he knows how powerful that kind of love can be. That's the kind of love that took Jesus to the cross. (laughs) 
That's the kind of love that kept him pinned, pinned there. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the rope. It was his love for you. That's the kind of love that has changed your life and the lives of your children and countless people before you. That's the kind of love that the enemy hates because it has the, it has the potential of changing the world, not only yours, but the world around you. That's the kind of love. God's love. And he says, you can do it too. You can be like me. You can love people. If you choose to love people, you can, you can love people who hate you. And watch the world turn on that. It's not the armies. It's not the atom bomb. It wasn't the phalanx of the, of the, of the, of the, Roman, of the Roman infantry. It wasn't the box. It wasn't the turtle. It was the love of God that has altered and changed all of humanity. And you and I are little lights of that love. And it still works today. Choose. Choose. This altar is open for anyone who likes to pray as we worship.